is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Dynamic duo today. Um, sorry we didn't record yesterday. We're a day late. Uh, I was on the phone with Verizon Fios for two and a half hours last night. So yeah, that was a good sounds time. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least it exacerbated by, you know, the current world situation and sending me to the wrong department in the first place and the fact that whoever wired my house uh for cable uh just cut every corner in the book you could possibly cut <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a convergence of a lot of fun events that were going on but uh but yes that's why we that's why we're day late but it's okay cuz uh, it, it for once being late was serendipitous because a major trailer came out today that we can talk about which is kind of interesting also later in the show in my estimation, one of the five most important stories in video games in the last 10 years, and we're going to talk about it. It's our main main topic of the week. You guys probably all already know what it is. Uh, nothing new for me uh, on the gaming front. I did. You didn't, uh, you didn't, you didn't play that Avengers beta. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I, I meant to carve out some time for it <laughs> and, uh, but I, but I, I just, I want to save it for the release, Mike. I want to save it for <laughs> to, to to experience the game as the developers intended. Um, Terrence no. played it. He said it was. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Boring and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You didn't play it again, did you? No, I I got everything I needed out of it. Okay, very good. Like literally, I got everything. I did everything in the beta in that one weekend, and sometimes twice. And I'm like, all right, I get it. Let me know when the story comes. So I I had been playing through Bastion. Um, haven't beat it yet, but I just I just kind of got away from it because again, Super Mega Baseball still very fun, still enjoying myself considerably. Um, but Transistor is on sale on the Switch right now for three dollars. So if you have not played Transistor. Uh, that's a pretty good deal that you should probably jump on. Um, and I might get back into that because I didn't, I honestly didn't get very far in the PS4 version when it released. Me neither. I don't, I don't know what it was about Transistor. There was something about it that, that, uh, it didn't really, uh, I didn't feel the need to rush back to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bastion is, um, really fun and, I'm really looking forward to Hades. Well, like I said, say, save that because we're you and I are both going to be talking about that uh, later on when we get to the news. Um, yeah. Nothing new came out this week either, which is, you know, it's summertime. It's August. There's a pandemic going on around the world. It's not to be surprised. I'm a little miffed because I went to go pre-order the Kingdoms of Amalur, um, you know, game that's supposed to be coming out in three weeks. And it's not in the PlayStation Store yet, which is very strange. Really? Yeah. We'll 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 confuse about that. Yeah, that is uh that is kind of odd. I I peruse that uh, <laughs> the PlayStation pre order store every now and again, mm -hmm. and um, I saw one game that I I was kind of interested in. It's called like Thirteen Sentinels. Mm -hmm. It's made by Vanillaware, and I was gonna pre order it off the strength of the name alone, mm -hmm. right? Because I I love the other two Vanillaware games that that uh i've played but i was like let me take a look at this because money's kind of tight and i don't want to i don't i don't have the luxury of just throwing around you know 40 to 60 dollars for any old thing right mm -hmm. like a new generation is coming i gotta save up for that and i looked it up and 
I don't think I'm gonna get it because it's a it's a real time strategy game, mm. and uh, I, I'm I'm too dumb to play real time strategy games. I'm also looking at CrossCode because I saw Terrence is playing it. Anytime Terrence plays something, I'm automatically interested because Terrence Terrence uh, has has a fine taste in video games. He he's like a video game sommelier of of sorts in many ways. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he he has a very discerning video game palette, right? Mm-hmm. Like me, I'm 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 pretty much the fast food guy. <laughs> <laughs> like if it comes out, whatever, it it, it tastes good for now. And, I, and I'm only a step above. I'm like the Chipotle and Panera uh, <laughs> consumer of video games. <laughs> in that sense. But uh if Terrence plays a game uh and he likes it, then yeah like that's how we got on fall guys Mm -hmm. because quite honestly fall guys was not on my radar and terrence uh hearing terrence talk about it you know it's all it's 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 the cutest girl at the at the dance right now it's it's how i got on children of morta micah talked about children of morta on the show last year and i was like whatever (laughs) it's a it's a micah pick and then then, then, then talked about it and all of a sudden it becomes a vincent pick Meanwhile, Mike is over on the gene shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I we could... really got to start doing those shows again. You know what? Maybe you and I should just do those shows. Jay keeps <laughs> like, oh, I don't have time, bro. I don't have time, bro. Maybe you and I, because we we get shit done. I couldn't I couldn't have given you a better segue into uh, <laughs> into, into the premium network uh, ad read. Go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 a year. You get access to all of the premium podcasts, including the airing of grievances, uh, which, you know what? Me and Brad might just do now. How about that? How about me and Brad just do it? Mike, because... Mike is airing his grievances right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brad and I, we get shit done uh, at le- just like we do every month with, the, uh, with our, our show, The Men with the Golden Tongues. Uh, our James Bond new, new episode just released today podcast. Yep. New episode just released on uh, the man from uncle. Uh, no time to bleed. Our action movie review podcast upstage conversation, our uh, musical and musical theater uh, podcast and uh, four episodes of the look forward political podcast. Uh, this past week, um, uh, one of the hosts, Jay uh, or uh, Andy, his uh, his son came in uh, because he had to inform them. It, it, th- this was breaking news, you know. His, Andy's son, the the hot dog correspondent, senior uh, senior, he, senior hot dog correspondent. Uh, yes, uh, let me put some respect <laughs> on that title. The senior hot dog correspondent uh, had to bust in with some breaking news that there was an owl outside of their home. An owl. And look, I get it. I've never seen an owl before mm. in real life. So they they are doing the Lord's work over there, informing you on politics and ornithology. In, 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 sec- in secondary news behind the owl spotting in, in Winnemucca, Nevada, uh, a vice president was picked for the Biden ticket that they talked yeah. about on the show. <laughs> Not nearly as important as the owl, of course, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, you can subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including the flagship show, The Nerd Apocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. And you can also go to YouTube.com slash Dense Pixels and subscribe. You can see 
what our offices look like. You can see what our faces look like. Uh, and you can do whatever you want with that information. <laughs> Very good. Um, so a uh, trailer dropped today, a teaser. Uh, we're getting more information on this later this month. I think next week, actually. Uh, but Treyarch and Activision have announced the newest version of Call of Duty that's coming out this fall. Uh, and it is called Call of Duty colon Black Ops colon Cold War. <laughs> I, 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 all right. I, I mean, I this is you would think a a, a bleeb, a black weeb like me mm. would appreciate uh, long uh, drawn out titles uh, because that's kind of the joke with like the way Japan titles their things. It's super happy, fun, terrific, extravaganza time, you know, but call of duty, colon, black ops, colon, cold war is a bit too much. Like I understand you got the call of duty brand and then the black ops wing of the call of duty brand, Mm -hmm. but I, I need you to tighten up that title. Um, I was, I was never into the black ops, uh, section, mm-hmm. um, uh, which which is Call which is ironic because that's been the most enduring sub brand of yeah. of Call of Duty that that has that has gone over the years. Um, people have been asking for a game centered around this era of history uh, for a long, long time. They dabbled in a previous Black Ops game with Vietnam. It feels like they're going to go a lot harder uh, into that from the trailer. That they show here, um, the the teaser talks about uh, a, a Soviet spy codenamed Perseus uh, who has infiltrated uh, the United States and will be working to undermine uh, democracy in the U.S. I don't know, and and it's not clear. I wonder if you play as Perseus or if you play trying if he's the big bad uh, in the game no. that you're trying to seek out. I would love if you play as Perseus. I doubt it. Right, because Call of Duty is nothing if not incredibly jingoistic, mm-hmm. um, and that's not to say that like you know you don't play as other people from other nations in Call of Duty, but there is always a a firm delineation of good guys and bad guys in Call of Duty, and you always play the good guys. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, if the if you do play this uh, Russian splinter cell mm-hmm. um i will be shocked and uh slightly impressed at the at the balls that call of duty uh has well it so and, it seems like they're aiming at least from the teaser and and again it's a teaser we all know it seems like that they're aiming for something that's very you know impactful draws heavily on history um, the, the, the interview, there's an interview they played, which was a real life TV interview from, uh, a former KGB agent that defected during the cold war, whose name was Yuri, uh, Bismenov, um, who basically went on TV and talked about the way that the Soviet union works to undermine liberal democracy, um, and the things that they do and things of that nature. So it's so like I said, it seems like they're drawing from a very lofty goal during the during the thing. You you see clips of Vietnam, you see clips of the American Civil Rights Movement, you see you know other very famous you know historic clips, especially in terms of uh, Mer- American and Russia hostilities, which were at their peak. 
uh, during the late 60s and 70s when the game is expected to be uh, taking place. So it's going to be an interesting story. I'm more interested in this story than I've been interested about a Call of Duty story ever, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just because this this is an era of history that I'm a bit of a nerd for. I don't oh, feel really? like, oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like the, the cold war is, I, I feel like in school, especially it's glossed over. And there's a reason for that. It's because America is it, like in world war two, world war one, things like that, like there, and civil war, you know, there's very clear heroes and villains in history. It's very easy to draw, you know, good guys and bad guys, especially Which is why call of duty takes place in <laughs> world war two. Right. And, you know, but for, but for the first time, with the Cold War, things are a little bit more murky in terms of ideology and and good and bad guys, and you know it's more of, it's more of a, a a conflict of of government ideas. Um, and America did some bad shit as well. Like, there's a reason that video games and and history in general don't really dwell on Vietnam that much because it was a colossal mistake for us to be now, involved in it. So now isn't uh isn't that kind of the black ops brand right like mm-hmm. they do the wars that that you know nobody really wants to talk about like wasn't the first black ops about vietnam or something like Tan- that tangentially like it didn't take place i don't think in Vietnam. and i haven't played black ops one so i can't speak to it with firsthand knowledge but it wasn't like call of duty vietnam i don't think like i i think that they that they shied away from that um and then black ops 3 started a chain of futuristic black ops games. Um, yeah. So, so it's not, they haven't necessarily stuck to, to history or done anything based in, you know, in real history aside from the first two. Again, it's a very interesting uh, premise, whether call of duty can live up to the premise uh, is it remains to be seen. Uh, I think they took great strides in terms of storytelling uh, with the most recent call of duty, modern warfare game that came out. And it'll be curious to see if they can kind of keep up with that and not let it devolve into, as you mentioned, the, you know, jingoistic rah-rah USA, you know, type of feel that those games typically tend to have. Before we get off this topic, two, two things. I'm not, I, I I don't, um, I'm not up on this uh, part of history. Mm -hmm. Is there like a, a major like theater of war that took place. Well, so that so that's time period that, where well, you're going to be a guy shooting things. Well, that's the thing. So it, it it's called the Cold War because it literally is a Cold War. There was never right. any active active like USA versus Russia battlefields. Like all of the physical combat was done through proxy wars, through you know uprisings in other countries and other regions of the world in the Middle East and stuff like that, and most of the conflict between the USA and the USSR was through espionage was through, you know, trying to sway public opinion, things of that nature. Um, so that's, and that's why I'm curious because like, I don't think you're going to, I don't think it's like you're going to go into, you know, North Africa and, and fight a proxy war over, you know, regions there. Like, I don't think that would be quite as fun and, and have that connection to history. It would be much more interesting to be, like a cloak and dagger game of sorts, but that's also not really call of duty. Call of duty. Right. So, <laughs> so this is very, this is very interesting. I, I am, I am, I am game for call of duty, shaking things up. 
Uh, my second thing, get politics out of video games, Brad. <laughs> Just get your <laughs> politics, get your left-leaning <laughs> politics out of my video games. Oh my goodness. Okay? I know what your I know what your 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 subtext is. I know why this is coming out right now. I know why this Call of Duty is coming out right now at this very moment. And I don't appreciate you and your your common sense, uh, progressive, left-leaning uh, uh, rhetoric in my video games, okay? Steve, there is even a line in the trailer about, the, you know, if you don't learn your history... You're doomed to repeat it, kind of thing. I mean, yo, like, like it's right there, yo. Like, I'm, 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 I'm curious about this now. I'm very curious about this now. I'm curious. Well, I don't know if I'll be curious enough to actually play it, but I, but I'm curious to learn to learn more, <laughs> which is really all you can ask from from a teaser. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Ashraf Ismail, who is the uh, former director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, he came under. Uh, some scrutiny from some social media allegations. This is the gentleman that we had a bit of sympathy for because he essentially uh, was outed for having an affair um, by the person that he cheated on his wife with. And, and it kind of got swept up into the whole, you know, recent wave of sexual allegation, um, sex, sexual allegation stuff that was happening in the video game industry. Um, but they, it's been decided that after an investigation, uh, done by Ubisoft internally, uh, or actually they brought an outside firm for this. Uh, they determined that, quote, his employment with Ubisoft had to be terminated. So they actually did uh, let him go. Uh, they did not divulge any details of the investigation, though, because we are so as a result, we're forced to kind of wonder what they uncovered that would lead them to separate with him uh, at this point. So. Um. Yeah, so let's play wild speculation. <laughs> I don't want to play uh, wild speculation he, about this. <laughs> he had he had an extramarital affair with uh, the story says a fan mm-hmm. uh, and streamer that um, that uh, you know that he didn't disclose. Um, normally, like stuff like that shouldn't like get you fired from your job. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that it is high profile in, in this niche environment. Um, but still, I, I don't think that stuff like that should get you fired from your job. I don't condone it and he gets everything he deserves in my, you know, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they had to do an investigation and that he got fired for it. How old is this streamer? Does anybody know? I'm pretty sure she's of consensual age. Uh, Reason, reasonably on, certain. Because the, that, that, way, y'all. Well, but that would have been part of the that would have been part of the initial story, I would think, if that was I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm just trying to create fucking drama out of nothing. <laughs> no, and like, but, and like I said, we we were more or at least I was more concerned with the fact that his family was kind of drawn into this uh, publicly, um, which I didn't think was right. No, not at all. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, but so that he is now officially, uh, not part of Ubisoft. Um, Jesus Christ. When you go to Ubisoft, like as part of the interview process, you just having to be an asshole. Like, do you have to be a bit of a dick to get a job at Ubisoft? I don't know, man. 
I don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't want to make any sweeping declarations about French culture, but yeah, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. Um quick story about Arcane's uh upcoming game Deathloop. It has been delayed into next year. Uh is gonna come in twenty twenty one. It was really supposed to be a PS5 launch title. Uh it's now gonna be coming out in Q two, so between April and June of next year. So that's you know, it's a little bit longer. Eh, plenty of stuff to play between now and yeah. then. Uh, the final news story, we're not going to go blow by blow through this. We're going to just talk about the games that I think stood out the most to us. Nintendo did a another indie stream yesterday. Uh, it's called the Indie World Stream. Why they went away from the Nindies branding, I don't know. That's a very clever name and, and works just fine. Um, it's a 25-minute video. You should definitely watch it if you care about independent games. Uh, there are a couple highlights for me personally. Uh, we'll first talk about the one that I know is probably nearest and dearest to both yours and my heart. And that is uh, Hades coming to the Nintendo Switch this fall, the most recent release from Supergiant Games. Yeah, Hades is uh, Hades is a roguelike uh, where you play the son of Hades and you are kind of fed up with your dad. Mm-hmm. So you try to escape hell. And um, it's cool because it's a cool concept, right? Because you're you're a god, you are immortal, um, and it's a roguelike. And in a roguelike, you die and you come back, and that's what happens in this game. You you go for a run, uh, you get what you can out of that run. You eventually die. You keep the skills or whatever that you learned, and as you keep going and and to try and make your way out of hell, um, it's it's this. It's a roguelike, so uh, it, it, you know you have to like that style of game. But for me, um, I don't mind roguelikes. But when you dress up a roguelike with Supergiant's uh, uh, art style, and you give it, uh, and you make it about Greek mythology, which is uh, another thing that I, I tend to enjoy, uh, you got the you got the makings of a of a day one. Uh, pre-order from for Micah. Yeah, for me, uh, I I'm I've been very interested in this game, but I don't play on PC. It's only been available uh, in early yeah. access uh, on on PC platforms so far, and uh, I'm super stoked about this. I'm surprised that it's it, seemingly it's only coming to the Switch that's been announced at least. I don't they haven't announced the PS uh, four, five, or Xbox One Series S uh, version of this game. I'd have to imagine it's going to come at some point. Um, yeah. But the Switch is a great system for this. I mean, that's Super Giant's one of those ones, though. Like I said, I don't. I, I like playing indies on the Switch, but their games do look really good and and do benefit from that extra little bit of a, uh, of fidelity and polish and sixty frames per secondness, <laughs> um, which is really nice. So this is gonna be a tough one. I might actually end up buying this on PS4 if it's coming to PS4 around the same time, or I might get it on Switch, and then when it comes to PS5 eventually, I might just buy it on there too because I'll throw money at Super Giant. All day, yep. every day. They're one of my favorite developers. Um, yeah, it looks. It, it's. I'm. I'm super happy this is coming. Did not expect this. Um, now necessarily, it's only a couple months away. Apparently, and if you played it on PC, you can actually transfer your progress uh, over to the Switch version as well. Which, which super and that leads me to believe that you'll be able to do that through different consoles, probably. I would right? imagine so. So pff, yeah, I'm buy. Looks like I'm buying this game at least twice. <laughs> Uh, the next one for me uh, that really stood out is a game called Card Shark. Now, there's this mobile game 
called Reigns that came out a while back, and they did a Game of Thrones-themed version as well. It's the simplest game where you literally, like, it's like you're simulating the rule of, a mon- of like, a monarch family, basically. And it's sort of roguelike in its conception, but, like, a one run takes, like, five minutes as you go through. And you're kind of presented with these humorous situations and that have binary decisions that you have to make that could lead to greater prosperity or to you dying eventually and your heir taking over for you. And it's, it's very humorous. It's just a really fun, solid game um, to play on your phone. This game card shark, which is a game about you playing like someone that's trying to get into, you know, monarchical society uh, as a card cheat, basically winning, winning at poker tables. And literally the game is like you getting better at cheating at cards and trying to cheat at cards and not get caught. Because like you'll get shot if you get if you get caught because it takes place during like the 1700s and it looks like it has the same type of humor uh, that Reigns has. So this game is definitely on my radar. It's coming out next year. Uh, I will definitely purchase this game when, when it becomes available. Right in my sounds eye. pretty sounds pretty funny. Yeah. What else did you see? Um, you know, part of me wants to play this goose game. Like, yeah, it's it's. I I mean I like I know it's out and it's getting like a two player like update. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to play it right because everyone who's played it loves it. I just feel like I'm gonna get like ten minutes of joy out of it and then that's it. Right. I don't I don't so, I don't I don't know where the hook is with the game. Yeah. As well. I, I I just I want to try it and then the only other one I saw that seemed kind of cute was Takeshi and Hiroshi. Mm. Um. You play uh, as Takeshi, a video game designer, and you have to keep your brother Hiroshi entertained with the video game that you're doing. But you are, but you have to like adjust the the difficulty to keep him uh, wanting to play the game, and, and and but it can't be too hard, but it can't be too easy. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't know. It seems kind of cute. It's got uh, stop motion like claymation. Mm-hmm which uh which is which is cool uh and apparently it's out today i did not know that so very cool um two more for me so first uh, and and these are both very quick uh i'm happy that grindstone is coming to nintendo switch this was one that i raved about a few months ago when i had my apple arcade uh free trial that i played the shit out of during that month, um, Grindstone's a lot of fun if you've never played it. When this comes out on Switch, I'm telling you, get it. It'll probably cost like $15 well worth uh, the price of admission. And then uh, I'm happy Torchlight 3 is coming out because I am really jonesing for Diablo. But I don't want to just buy Diablo 3 again to play it for Switch because I already own it on PS4. So that seems like a waste. And Diablo 4 is still a fair ways away. So might as well check out Torchlight, which is essentially diablo in many ways yeah uh did you play torchlight 2 i did i downloaded the demo on the nintendo switch and i i i knew enough like i said i got enough from it um in the demo just to understand okay i was like okay this it literally is diablo like there's really not a lot of discernible differences in in the systems and the way the game is set up yeah it's it's diablo it the uh the I haven't played it in a while because it was a little it's a little buggy when I played it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, you'll you'll get your fix. And I would get Torchlight 3. 
Yeah, it, well, that's what I'm going to wait for. Because, like, Torchlight 2 is on sale for 12 bucks, but if 3 is right around the corner, it's supposed to be out in the fall. Yeah. You know, what's, what's yeah, a couple weeks? weeks? What's a couple weeks? Um, but, yeah, so that, that is the – that is it. Like I said, there's a lot more games than that. Um, again, go to YouTube and check out the full presentation. You watch it during your lunch. So While you're uh, – right before you watch that, <laughs> you can go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. When you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon to make all of your Amazon purchases, you help us out at no additional cost to you, like actual no additional cost. Um, go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. So last week, and it happened, of course, because it's us. <laughs> Literally like two days after we recorded. Um, a surprising thing just appeared in Fortnite on iPhone. So when you go to buy V-Bucks, instead of one choice, buying it through the Apple App Store, there were now two choices. Buying it through the Apple App Store or for 20% less, buying it directly through Epic Games online portal. Now, I saw this. A wild circumvention just appeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people freaked the fuck out when, when this happened. And someone posted it in the, in the fan group within an hour of it happening, of, be, of it being discovered. And my immediate reply was, well, that shit's getting taken down later today. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, uh, Apple yanked that shit from the app store uh toot sweet later that same day um which was not surprising at all google play followed suit by the way to much less uh fanfare because this is very much like a <laughs> like a like a epic 1v1 battle that's uh that's 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 brewing right. uh, google google got hit with some shrapnel they did but i mean but they're just as involved in this too for different reasons we'll talk about it yeah they are so so like you said apple pulled, pulls fortnite the most popular video game in the in the world from their app store from for circumventing their their uh, purchasing system because if for those that don't realize apple makes 30% off of anything that you purchase through the apple app store or through apple apps with some notable exceptions and we'll talk about those soon as well so as if epic knew what the response was going to be all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> an event appears within Fortnite that day and a trailer gets gets posted on YouTube that day of a video that Epic Games made called 1980 Fortnite which is a which is a play on the iconic Apple 1984 ad which, it, which, if you're not familiar with the ad, was a really is one of the best pieces of of commercial marketing that you've ever seen. That showed the the Apple, I think it was the Apple II computer, um, as being like you know the the way to break free from the Orwellian grips of <laughs> of the world around you and stuff like that. But now the roles are reversed, where Apple is the is the tyrant. That's uh, <laughs> that's forcing the right everything again. This is a video that was made 
well in advance of this. Like th- this is it, like, and when I saw this, I'm like, holy shit! Like they are just they've been planning this for weeks. Yeah, yo, like it's like you, like you're not even like like you're not like you could. <laughs> Like, come on, man! Like you, like, like, like. This is why this is why smart people don't feel for you, right? Because, like, one, you violated the terms of service. You know what the you know what the deal is when everybody knows what the deal is when you use Apple. It's part of it's it's the bullet that you have to bite to be on the 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 the, the to be on a device that has the the leader in the market share, right? So, I, I and I get it, right? Like thirty percent. Like that's ridiculous, right? Like that's like that's like some some like drug dealer protection money. Well, bullshit, but it, but right? it's not though. It's 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 the standard. It's the standard rate. Like that that's the standard rate. So, so in response, like I said, Apple pulls the game down. And this ad shows, and then Epic's like, by the way, we're suing Apple now. Like like they like they filed right. suit against Apple to 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 fight back against this. Um, apparently as long as you have the game downloaded, you can still play the current version that happened before the, the apps, the, uh, the payment subversion came in. So people started selling their iPhones preloaded with Fortnite for like absurd sums of money (laughs) online. And so, so yeah, so now they're being sued. Um, they've also sued Google as well. Um, they're suing them for antitrust violations. This, by the way, comes right after Apple and Google and other tech luminaries were have been were hauled up in front of Congress to talk about antitrust violations in the tech marketplace. Again, this has been planned for right, weeks. Dude. This is not an accident that that, that this is happening. Like on, on the heels of of pulling these guys up before before Congress. A- absolutely not. Now. There's there this so like I mentioned at the top of the show, I feel like this is one of the most five, like one of the five most important video game stories in the last ten years. Here's why. So we all remember a couple like last year when the Epic Game Store first launched, and they attacked Steam basically. Like it it was a shot across the bow at Steam because they came out and said, "Hey, Steam takes thirty percent of your revenue just for uh, you know being on their marketplace." We're only going to take 12 and we'll take even less if you use, you know, if like, and if you use unreal and you post on our, on our store, we won't even charge you for unreal, which is usually another (laughs) 5% on top of that. Now they haven't gotten steam to get down to their level yet, but steam has cut their initial rate down to 25% and then 20 once you meet certain thresholds. So what Epic did had a direct and tangible impact on the amount of revenue that Steam was taking from purchases uh, or that Valve was taking for purchase through the Steam marketplace. Now, like you said, 30% seems high, but that's what the standard is. That's the standard for Apple. It's the standard for Google, for Sony, for Microsoft, for Nintendo. Every single host charges that percentage. Sure. But here's the thing. In the App Store, and this is why they attacked Apple and Google first. In the App Store, there are classes of apps that don't have to pay the protection racket fee, as it were. You don't have to – Amazon doesn't have to give Apple money for purchases made on the Amazon app through there because it goes directly through. Apple – like Apple – you can pay with Apple Pay for like 
Starbucks and McDonald's and other companies like that, but they don't get 30%. It's 15. It's a lower percentage for certain companies. And I think Epic looked at that and they're like, mm, like we can fight this. Like we like we like we can we can come in and do something here. And they so they looked at it and was like, and, "We're as big as Amazon." <laughs> well, they're not, but they. But I mean, I no, mean no, it's, I for, know, it's I Fortnite, know. though. Like, it's not like this is some, right. you know, some indie game that you know has a million downloads in the store. It's fucking Fortnite. Right. It's the most popular game in the world. Right. Like, 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 I, I get it. So, so again, so th- this is, this is, yes, it's a claim for Epic to get more money because you know they want their revenue. They they want to have more money. Of the stuff that, you know, that they're selling. And I get that. But it's also their attempt to try to get the entire industry to come down. And and to and for everybody. Because, like, it's not like they're going to just make an exception. Like, if they win this suit or, or if they manage to get Apple to back off, it's not like Apple's just going to do it for, you know, just for Epic Games. Because then Tencent's going to be like, hey, what the fuck? Like, 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 we're certainly as big. As Epic Games, like don't, you know, for Clash of Clans and all this other shit, like shouldn't we get a higher percentage or, you know, higher percentage of our revenue back as well? And so they're going to have to make an industry-wide change. And you can, and you better believe that if it happens on smartphones, all of a sudden now the pressure is going to get turned around on your console (laughs) game stores as well to follow suit too. Because if they can negotiate, you know, Apple down to 20%, what the fuck leverages... Sony and Microsoft and and Nintendo going to have when it comes yeah. to Fortnite. Yeah. Look, I'm not mad at it. It's uh it is it's amusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> um but the cynic in me does not believe that the savings will be passed on to me in the long run, right? Like Oh I no. Know- oh no. That's yeah, like like them 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 cutting the rate of the currency directly paying them was very much just to get Apple's attention right. and, and, and exactly. to get them to do the thing that they did. They wanted to get pulled from the store. Right. Right. They're playing, uh, they're playing three dimensional chess while Apple's playing checkers, bro. <laughs> um, it's, it's ultimately, I think it, this is, you know, app, uh, Epic can frame it however they want. Mm hmm. Um, but the, I, I truly don't believe that let's say, let's say the, the, uh, unthinkable, mm-hmm. not, not really unthinkable, but let's say that this, that this plan works, right? Let's say it gets all the way up. It affects, uh, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. I, I don't feel like video game prices are going to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just. But it is a way for these companies, I guess, to get more money. I, 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 it's, it's funny. It's just, I hate to sound like Jim fucking Sterling's son, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's mega corporations fighting mega corporations to keep more of the money that they're getting from us. And while I'm not upset with that, like mm-hmm. I understand how capitalism works. Don't frame it as. We're passing the savings on to you. No, it's like, not. It's not. It's not. It's not altruism, um, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think it is. But that being said, while like you said, it's it's, it's a clash of of you know trillionaires basically like going going <laughs> at each other, while we're just the grist for the mill. 
at the same time, if they're successful and if they can, let's say they get Apple and everyone else to cut their, you know, cut their rates to 20%, that's going to positively impact smaller independent developers as well. That's going to positively impact smaller companies as well. Epic is a big giant corporation, but I also part of and And again, maybe, maybe I'm not cynical enough. I do feel like that they're trying to make progressive steps for the industry as a whole. Is this going to benefit them as well? Oh, absolutely. Take yeah. an extra 10% of your revenue, you know, back is especially as much money as Fortnite makes is, you know, going to be insane. But if there's a trickle down effect that will also help some of the smaller guys as well, then I think that's a positive for the industry as a whole. And we want more of the money to go to developers. Like that's, that's something that we should be aspiring to because they're the ones that are actually creating the game. Sure. And as we all know, trickle down economics works all the time. Well, that's not what this is. That's, <laughs> I know. That's, that's, I know. That, that's not what this is. <laughs> the, the, this the, is right. The, the difference is that like, for, especially for digital storefronts, which is how all these purchases are made, the yeah. overhead costs to, to maintain them is infinitesimal or sorry, insignificant compared to the revenues that all these places are generating. Yeah. It's not, I, it's, not, uh, it's not like it's a retailer that has to keep, you know, a brick and mortar store running and pay employees and, you know, pay to keep the lights on and that kind of shit. Yeah. This is, this is incredibly interesting. Mm. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it because it's, you know, I don't, believe that epic originally sought out to be like we're gonna change the fucking world right like i think they sought out to be like yo why are we paying 30 percent? like that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> but i'm 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 curious to see where this goes do you think mm -hmm. that uh who do you think will be successful in this lawsuit so it's tough, right? Because what is, what is success? How do you measure success in this case? There's no way this case goes to a verdict. There's no way. I guarantee you that it ends in some kind of a settlement. And so what's successful? If they if they manage to get Apple down to 25 or, or – forget Apple. If they manage to get the industry down to 25%, is that successful? Does it have to get down to 20% to be successful? Does that do more? You know what I mean? Like, like it, it depends on how you measure – Success in this case. Success for me is if the industry shifts at in all, any way. Okay, that is uh, for the better. That is success to me. And failure is, you know, status quo. We everything is how it is right now. If they can get it to twenty five percent, that's success to me. That's that's how I measure success. Interesting. Um, so it. it <laughs> this is wild, man. <laughs> this is wild. It's at least it, it's nuts, and it's going to be nuts to see how it plays out. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if it gets to trial. Honestly, like, like I, I have the feeling that it'll get to trial, but I, but it, it won't get to a verdict because, look, at, Epic has a point. <laughs> like, like, like these are frankly non-competitive marketplaces. You don't have yeah. a choice. It's not like, like, like you have. There's two players in town, basically. That's it in, in terms of mobile space. And that's all you got. It's either it's it's Apple and Google, and 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 that's it. And they can kind of and the, the, not that Apple and Google are colluding actively, but in many ways they they're passively colluding. 
to just kind of set the market where it is in yeah. the U.S. at least. So it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm just curious to watch it unfold. It's going to probably take several months, uh, if not years, to to kind of play out. But uh, it's it's huge news. Like I said, pe- people that uh, did not pay enough attention to the story, you were you were doing yourself a disservice because this is going to be a landmark case one way or the other uh, for our industry. Yeah, this is like the social network for video games. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. So uh, we, let me see. Uh, what are we at the, um, Oh, it's post office time, baby. Post office time. That's right. So, um, Malcolm says, what are your top five favorite wrestling finishing moves? I wish I had given this some thought. Um, I feel like we can want to play a guessing game. I have a list. You, oh, you have a, you have a full list. Okay. I have, I have five. I have, I have a cutter. I have a power bomb. I have a power driver. I have a jawbreaker. I have a suplex. God, Would you these... like to guess? Oh, you're you're just, you're, still, you're you're not being generic. You're you're just identifying the types of moves that they are. Yeah, I, I have specific. Yeah, there are specific ones. Okay, I'd like to guess. Yes, we th- this will be fun. Okay, so let's start with the jawbreaker. Obviously, Stone Cold Stunner. Very easy. absolutely. Of course. I mean, come on. Of I course. guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to the cutter now. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the play to the uh, play to the the host. Let's say play play to the the clue giver because you are of a certain age. You're a certain era, and I feel like that you're a diamond cutter guy over an RKO type of guy. I am not an RKO guy, but I'm not a diamond oh. cutter guy. I am a 3D guy. Interesting. I love the 3D. I think it is. I think it, it it's it's a cutter with theatrics, right? And the the RKO is. While it's cool, it's overused, and it only really gets a pop when it is used in a way that you literally do not see coming. Right. Uh, the 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 RKO that that he gave Seth Rollins mid stomp was the last time I saw an RKO, and it it I jumped up and screamed. I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" Put it right? ready, or <laughs> um, and and. As much as I, as WCW was what it was, like as much as I respect Diamond Dallas Page for like loving this stuff and coming in at an advanced age and being able to pull it off, uh, no, that's not my that's not my favorite uh, cutter. The 3D, I the 3D. I, every time I see it, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, look at these two half brothers who aren't really brothers pulling off this move. It's I love it. I will I will tell you why the Diamond Cutter is my preference in this category because it was, it was one of those things that in that era you knew that it was going to happen. And you like, like there, there was palpable anticipation in the crowd. Anytime DDP wrestled or, or came out waiting for it to happen. And the thing that they did that was always clever, unless he was wrestling like a jobber or something, but if he was, if he was wrestling in like a legit match, he would. It would never happen when he signaled for it. It would never happen <laughs> when he throw the diamond up because it would always happen at when when you, as he would always be prone to say, "You never see it coming. <laughs> yeah. You never see it coming." And 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 and, and they and like while it wasn't ever really as wild 
as some of the RKO ones that they've done. Like he never RK like he never diamond cut anyone out of a shooting star press, which is still insane. Right. Yeah. As well. <laughs> um the 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 way that they the ways they managed to reinvent it um through those couple of years was always a delight to to partake in. Yeah. So that that's why mine my favorite is 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 the diamond cutter of those. All right, so we have your cutter, we have your jawbreaker. If I'm guessing your suplex, this is a tough one because this a lot of different moves can fall into the suplex category. Um, but I feel like now for this answer, we're gonna see a perfect plex. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like the perfect plex is like it's it's a beautiful suplex. And and when you see like I'll never forget Mr. Perfect doing it on uh Paul White. Uh, he wasn't the big show, but I forget what his name was in WCW. I think it was like the, the giant. It was the giant. What do you mean that you don't remember what his I name mean, was? I mean, I mean, I couldn't like. I, he's he's the big show to me. Interesting. Is, I it's, to me, it's still interchangeable, which is weird <laughs> because he hasn't been the giant for over twenty years at this point. Right, but seeing him pull off uh, the perfect play. First of all, Mister Perfect is like top three of my favorite wrestlers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And the, the the everything about the gimmick and the fact that he was a bit of a technician in the ring. And the perfect plex is amazing, dude. Like, it really is. It, it, it's, and when you see him do it on the giant, like, just the amount of, like, like, I get a hernia every time I see him. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love the perfect plex. All right. So, next is, you said a power slam? I have a power bomb and power a bomb. power driver. All right. So, for power bomb. I'm very curious to see this if is, get this. This is tough. Because this is very difficult because there are a lot There's of a lot of power variations bombs. of power bombs. So I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a jackknife guy. There's not, no. not not enough effort involved in the jackknife power. It's too lazy. Too lazy. Once people yeah. just drop fuck that. Um no, never mind. I've got it. Because and, and this is this is in the power bomb category, though you wouldn't think that it should be in the power bomb category. I don't think if I'm if we're on the same wavelength. Are you a razor's edge guy in terms of the power? Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Razor's edge. The razor's edge is amazing. The razor's edge is amazing. The fact that this like Scott Hall, like (laughs) I I love everything about it, right? Like him him calling it. uh, The fact that Scott Hall is a huge dude or was a huge dude and could. Uh, lift these people up and it, it it's amazing dude like i love it it's it's not a traditional power bomb uh it's not and and his power bomb specifically uh everything about that character doing it like the swagger that he had the fact that he's a giant dude mm-hmm. and and the fact that he like it's it's amazing i love it and it's not just like a regular ass like power bomb no, like yeah like different. i like i like the spirit bomb and all that but like you know, it's a it's a it's a beautiful sit down power bomb, but like, nah, yo, the razor's edge is so it was so different when I first saw it. I'm just like, yo, and you rarely, you very rarely see it. Yeah, it didn't get thrown out too very too very often. Not, and, not and on TV at least. And it's a protected finish, man. Like you don't see a lot of people kick out of the razor's edge. No. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely not. Um, power driver's really tough because that's that's gonna be. 
that that's going to be the product of a bygone era because they don't really do pile drivers anymore for for obvious reasons. Um, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Who would be? It's not that tough. Is it not that tough? I'm probably overthinking. It's not that tough. You are way overthinking it from the from the fast food guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fast food guy. There's one pile driver that the fast food mainstream guy is going to love. Well, which which one is that going to be? It's the tombstone pile driver. Oh, that is that is the junk food of pile drivers. It is, but I love it, dude. And the and and it, it is. I think I love it just because of the 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 guy that does it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. The fact that he can do it, the fact that he knows how to protect people while still making it look like it, it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, it's, it's, I don't like, I don't like moves that look like they fucking, will, they will kill you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just want something classic done by a pro and, and it's beautiful every time I see it. I don't need like flipping power drivers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I respect the, the skill that it takes for the two uh, performers to do it, but that's 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 too much. I, I don't need all that. Gotcha. So for my for my list, Diamond Cutters on there, um, Razor's Edge is on there because as I've said before, it's like the sighting of a rare white spotted elk. <laughs> whenever whenever you got to see it on television, um, man, that's a tough one too. I I feel like there I feel like we gotta have a submission on the list somewhere. It's difficult. Yeah, submissions are hard, man, because I like uh I like impact mm-hmm. and with submissions, you know, there there's a there's a good chance that like like people tend to kind of get in the groove of a submission mm-hmm. and they don't really they don't really like like the only one that I can think of off the top of my head is the uh the lion tamer. Because it's not quite a Boston crab. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's it, it's more uh, he's sitting on your neck. And I know like I shouldn't really be talking about that. Like given like, you know, people putting knees on necks is kind of changed the world right now. Mm-hmm. But it the lion tamer really looks like it hurts, man. And, you know, the figure four, the figure four is not. People love the figure four the, for the, the guy the, that did it. The figure and, and, the, and, and it's a cool theatrical move, like any move that you can counter by literally flipping onto your stomach is not really yeah it's not really it's not really gonna be up there like it doesn't make sense you know what i mean the the sharpshooter could look good sometimes but there were other times where it really did not honestly like one one of my favorite finishers um it's it's taboo to say it as far as submission finishers go their crippler crossface was a fucking badass finisher especially especially the way he did it where he would like fucking like take you down by your arm and then just lock that shit in there and really, yeah. cra- and really crank back. Um, so like I said, that, that was up there as well. Um, the other two finishers for me were from guys that I don't like as much, but I just remember them being amazing maneuvers when they came on the scene and they're still badass moves. Uh, the F five is ridiculous. Like when, when Brock, like, especially when Brock Lesnar can do that to like a smaller dude, like, like yeah. that, that like, <laughs> like that shit is insane. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the jackhammer is an excellent finisher as well. It looks like one of the most, uh, one of the most, uh, hardcore finishers that's out there in terms of like impact maneuvers. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably my list. I would say certainly not a, certainly not a leg drop. 
I don't think it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be on there. Leg drop. The leg drop hurts hurts the the user more, right? Yes. Like, cause he hits you, he hits you with the at the at the knee, right, where the leg where the leg, uh, you know, kind of naturally bends, unless he fucks up and drops his thigh on you, <laughs> on your neck, right? But like. That's probably the reason Hulk Hogan isn't as big as he is anymore. Like uh, his 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 vert- he's been giving himself essentially vertebrakers for, <laughs> for forty years. So, yeah, it's, well, yeah, listen, it's good. It's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, finishers are finishers are cool, man. I, I I I like them when you don't see them. You don't see them often. Um, well, like you said, ones that are ones that are protected. And look, another one that I'll put on the list, and it's funny because there's a lot of finishers from the '80s that just got relegated into regular moves, just yeah. because they were they were too good to not see routinely. But when Jake Roberts DDT'd people, like you were dead. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> essentially <laughs> like like you would have talked about protected finishers. Like when Jake Roberts would DDT you, like that, like anyone that got DDT'd by Jake Roberts sold that shit like they like they just got murdered basically right. <laughs> on, on the on the mat, and they were out for like five minutes while he threw a snake on them and and <laughs> and let them crawl out of the room. Like I said, very good. And and again, his DDT is simple and effective. He would just fucking hook you in and just drop. Like it wasn't that yeah, like there was there wasn't theatrics involved there wasn't you know all this other stuff he'd do that he'd spin it up he'd fucking grab grab you hard as shit and then just fucking fall down and you just and like I said you just act like you got shot basically. yeah man so. just a pro doing doing the thing that he does best man like I, I I can appreciate that shit you know what I mean I don't need double arm, arm underhooks and 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 uh, you know second rope DD like I I don't need all that I need a I need a big dude to come in just like Get your ass over here and then just drop your ass. Like it looked like a fight. Looked like the move that you would do in a real fight. Yes. Uh let's see. Aaron, do we need to send the Nigerians this stuff? Uh, I'm I'm uh, Terrence is uh I'm not I'm gonna skip that one, right? Like uh oh no, he has he has something else. Um nah, never mind. Sorry, Aaron. Um Amir says, what See, games? Mike, Mike, Mike doesn't read the questions first. He just, he just, yeah, he follows, uh, yeah I'm flying he by just the seat. The teleprompter. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, Amir says, what games in your backlog have you been thinking about going back to since no real releases are coming? I'm back on West of Dead and Hotline Miami. West of, um, West of Dead is not, it, the game came out recently. It came in your <laughs> yeah, backlog. I thought, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was Red Dead. It's like, no, West of Dead. Like, you know, that game just came out. Like in like June or something like that, didn't it? <laughs> something like that. So, uh, oh, the initial release was uh, November uh, 2019. So, oh, okay, all right. I mean, Amir wasn't playing that shit in November 2019. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He started. He started playing it when they put that shit out on on consoles. Don't don't let Amir fool you. Um, I probably should get back to playing. Uh, the Outer Worlds. Uh, I really like that game. I know I'm not um, going to return to that. Um, I've been thinking about firing up Dauntless again. Um, I haven't played that in about a year. Really enjoyed it. They made a lot of changes to the game uh, since I've been in it last. So that could be kind of cool. Uh, Cam says uh, SummerSlam is moving. SummerSlam is this weekend and WWE is moving 
into the Thunderdome for the foreseeable future on Friday. What do you guys think about the idea of them having virtual fans like the NBA is currently doing and having Pyro back, et cetera? Will that make the product better or will it suffer from yet another adjustment period um, in this new version of normal? Um, virtual fans, um, is it like the NBA or is it like baseball? The virtual the virtual fans i think like, it's not, i don't even people? think it's like i i think it is real people but i think that theirs is even going to be different than both so like i think they're setting up like video boards that are going to have like the fans on them it's not going to be like graphically imposed over over the 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 broadcast which is what the nba and mlb are doing okay so they're just going to have they're going to have like giant screens yeah. and then each individual screen is going to have like a person there or like a, a, a group of people like, like, like I, I don't like when I say screens, I mean like they're got like panels and each panel will look like a, a stadium section essentially of sorts, <laughs> or at least that's how they've described it. And we're, we're not going to know exactly what it is until we see it on Friday. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want them to, uh, to be like, hey, gather around all your friends, and then you all gather around one camera, and then we'll put you up here. So you know what I'm actually most interested in as far as this goes? I'm interested to see less of the visual design and more of the audio design. Because I've talked for many years about how you know a lot of, especially like Smark fans, are hijacking shows for the worse. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's not as fun of a viewing experience because when when the fans aren't playing their role in in the charade in many yeah. ways so it's going to be interesting to see them basically get to have carte blanche over the reactions from the crowd that they want which is interesting so i'll i'll be curious to see what that looks like cuz i feel like that we haven't had that uh in many years either you know if the crowd's dead or if they're cheering the wrong guy or you know that kind of thing so, Ugh. yeah, that will be that will be interesting. I I didn't think of it that way. I just wanted I I just wanted from this virtual fan thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, putting like wrestling fans in in attendance without like the the the, the security to like censor signs or whatever mm-hmm. is going to be interesting. Uh, but they pre-tape all this stuff, right? Yeah, right well, now, right now they, they've been. No, actually, they want to do live shows now. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think they'll. I don't. I think that would kind of kill the point of having the crowd there. True. Pre-tape it. So, yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I just want the sound back. I need the sound back. Like I need uh, uh, AEW kind of pipes uh, some, some 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 warble mm-hmm. in into their matches. It helps a bit, but like I need, I need the sound. That's the thing that's killing me with watching this stuff. I don't, I don't necessarily need, you know, to see the actual people, but I need the, I need the sound of it, right? Because half of wrestling is just like doing something to get a reaction from people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want. That's what I miss. And like you said, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if and how they engineer the sounds to create a to create their ultimate like wrestling show mm-hmm. johnny says which which company will crack first and show the prices for these goddamn systems uh microsoft i agree like i said i think they're they're trying to be 
present themselves aggressively as the as the choice as much as they can. So I would yeah. it's probably be them first. And that, and that's and, that, and that's the way Sony wants it, so. Yeah. So hurry up Microsoft. Show us your uh I I do, I do wish that. I do wish that Microsoft would just fucking come out at 449 and get the shit over with cuz we cuz Sony's going to be 500. It's going to be 500 for sure. Like we know that. We know that. Right. So just fucking just say 450 and then Sony the next day will come out and do the same shit and then we can move on and start playing our budgets. Yeah. I got I got money saving. I'm saving money, but I don't know how much to save. I can only afford to buy one right now. And uh, I think we all know what that's going to be because Spider-Man. Leonardo says, uh, what's up, guy gamers? How's it going? Nothing much, man. How are you? Uh, Henry says, so what do we want? Another hero to know the way home or life beyond Thunderdome? On, and do you miss kayfabe? Um, I'm assuming uh, the first part of that is a Mad Max reference or a song of some sort. I've never seen the original Mad, Mad, Mad Max films. I've only seen the... Uh the newest one that came out a few years ago. I haven't seen any of them. So, so, um, uh, do I miss kayfabe? Yes and no. Yes and no. I miss, you know, I, what I miss about kayfabe is I miss being able to be genuinely surprised by things. Like when it happens yeah. now, it's great. It doesn't happen very often though. Yeah. And especially like WWE will advertise surprises happening. Yeah. Right. And I get it. Right. Cause they want people to tune in because they want to, they want to pop a ratings number. You don't really pop ratings numbers on, uh, you know, after the the big, like you want people to tune in throughout the entire show to see your mm-hmm. surprise, right? But like, I miss surprises, right? And not, not necessarily, it, it's not to say that it still won't be a surprise. Like everyone knew Edge was coming to the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. but it was still like a, a, a nice thing to see once you actually saw it, but. Yeah, surprises. That's the thing about kayfabe that I miss. I agree with you. Surprises. Uh, Ramirez says, finally, uh, what do you guys think about the beating that Dominic took from Seth Rollins? Uh, I didn't see the beating. I oh, saw the aftermath. Well, let's say the, the, I mean, the aftermath is all you needed to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, that, that, that kid took a, took a serious caning uh, <laughs> from, from both him and, and, and Murphy uh, during, during a couple weeks ago. Um, in, in anticipation of their match this weekend, uh, at SummerSlam, uh, look, man, again, it's, it's, it's tough for guys, especially when guys are, you know, second generation, third generation wrestlers that got their foot in the door. Cause I mean, look, not, I'm not saying that Dominic is going to be a bad wrestler. Um, so far he's actually been pleasantly surprising in, in terms of how confident he's been. Um, and the few things we've got to see him in, but look, he got, he's getting an opportunity that he would not normally have gotten because of who his dad is. Let's, let's just be, let's just be straight about that. And sometimes guys that get those opportunities, uh, go out of their way to show that they belong there. Um, like the reason that Shane McMahon was jumping off of 50 foot scaffolds and jumping off a, you know, top rope through tables and, and all the shit that Shane McMahon does isn't because Shane McMahon like had a secret wish to be a daredevils because he wanted to show that he belonged, that he wasn't just there because he's Vince's kid, even though he was just there because, <laughs> because he was Vince's right. kid, but he wanted to make sure to, 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 to go beyond what other guys were willing to do 
just you know just to show that he's like no like I'm I'm down in the trenches with you as well. So I think that was a lot of the reason that 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 uh, that that caning happened the way that it did, and as for as long as it did, and how how bruised and battered Dominic Mysterio was at the end. And look, it, it made the story more compelling um, when you do that because it, it, it's an amazing visual to see that to yeah, see that dude Jesus. with those cane bruises and all that shit marked up all over him. So I um I'm gonna need Dominic. He he's getting better every time I see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not blown away by him. Uh, he's he's literally the definition of like heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's got heart. He's in heart personified, right? Um, I'm gonna need him to throw a mask on though. I don't like his face. <laughs> I don't like his face. I'm gonna need him to throw a mask on. Uh, and I know I shouldn't be talking, but like I'm not a professional wrestler, so you know, get your cardio up. Do some of that. Uh, do some of that baby fat. Very cool. Well, that is it for the post office. Uh, again, you can go to densepixels.com slash fans and submit your questions every week for the pod. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe there as well. And you can follow all of the personalities from the show on Twitch. Uh, Carrie is at Suppets Carrie. Terrence is Apparition 410. Uh, I am Dense Pixels Brad. Uh, going to start a schedule here soon. I'm probably going to be streaming two days a week uh, over on Twitch. And uh, any cool highlights that happen, I'll copy out and post on YouTube. So, like I said, if you're subscribed there, you'll see it no matter what. So, that is it for us this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. See ya.